1: Welcome to the pastor's study. The Bible teaches that there's one appropriate place for sexual intercourse and that is heterosexual marriage and if you're having sex outside of marriage you're sinning. But given the sex crazed culture in which we live it's very probable a number of you watching this show are living a life of sin or maybe you're not but your son or your granddaughter is. The question for this show is, how would Jesus deal with a promiscuous person? Well, we are privileged to have a great example of exactly that, the woman at the well. And how would Jesus deal with you if you are a promiscuous person? Would you open the Bible to John chapter four, and let's see how Jesus did this. Let's pray first. heavenly father we want to pray for anyone who is caught in sexual sin or sin of any sort that you would just show us lord jesus how you would have us deal with them and how you yourself would deal with them and lord we pray that you would set people free through this program today and that people would come to repentance and faith in christ speak to us lord we ask it in jesus name amen john chapter four the woman at the well verse seven there came a woman of Samaria to draw water Jesus said to her give me a drink here's the first lesson today Jesus will talk to anyone this woman has three strikes against her number one she's a woman and rabbis back in Jesus' day did not talk to women in public. They thought it looked inappropriate. Her second strike was she's a Samaritan. The Samaritans lived way north of Jerusalem. They were considered kind of a cult. They worshipped on the wrong mountain. They believed in the first five books of the Old Testament, but they rejected to the rest. So she has, she has funny theological beliefs. But her third strike, and this is the big one, she was promiscuous. She was immoral. But the point here is, Jesus will talk with anyone. You should be like that too. I mean, here's a woman who said, Well, Pastor Brock, the Jehovah's Witnesses came to my door and I slammed the door in their face as if that's a good thing. That's not a good thing. Listen, Jesus will talk. With anyone, no matter how morally or theologically messed up people are, Jesus wants to talk to you. We should be that way. I mean, one day I've got, I'm, I'm working on, it's a Saturday, I'm working on my sermon. I've got my Bibles and my commentaries all over the living room. The doorbell rings. It's the Mormons. I open the door. Come in. I moved my Bible. Sit down. We talked for three hours. Jesus will talk to anybody. We should be the same. Verse 13, Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water, this well water, will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst. But the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. Here's the next lesson. Jesus alone quenches thirst later we're going to discover this woman was into man after man after man thinking that was going to quench her thirst it never worked for her let me ask you what are you using to quench your thirst today are you a shopaholic, a workaholic, a sexaholic, an alcoholic, a TVaholic a romance novelaholic, a footballaholic you know sport you know remember Christian There's one place that we can get our thirst quenched, and that's Jesus. So make sure you're spending time praying to him, reading his word. Make sure you're in a good church. Make sure you're doing some kind of Christian service to serve him, because we have the life-giving water that nobody else has. Spend time with Jesus. He's the one that quenches thirst. I had my clergy collar on. I got on the plane some time ago, coming back from preaching somewhere, I think and i prayed before i got on the plane that the lord would use me to talk to somebody i sit down to a, a, next to a young woman and the plane takes off and there are some really rowdy young men on this flight uh... returning from mardi gras and they're using foul language about jesus well the young woman next to me and her friend really clicked with these guys her back was to me the whole flight <laughs> just you know just and and I'm listening to all this and it became so clear to me these people are so thirsty and they have no idea where to quench their thirst. I mean I interviewed some time ago a missionary from India. He pulled up his pant leg and showed me his scar that he got when he suffered for preaching the gospel in India and you know you think why would he suffer so much and it's because he knows there's one that quenches the thirst of humankind and he's willing to suffer to get get Christ out to others. Jesus said to the woman at the well, you're trying all this other stuff, try me. Verse 16, the woman said to Jesus, "Um, sir, give me this water and I will not be thirsty nor come at all to drink here to draw anymore. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have correctly said, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one whom you have now is not your husband. This you have said truly. Here's the next lesson. Jesus gets right to our sin. I mean, I've heard people say, well, you need to develop a relationship with someone, a a long-term relationship, and only after that you talk to them about Jesus. I don't believe that. In this story, Jesus gets right to the woman's sin in the first five minutes of the conversation. I think that's okay to do. I mean, here's a couple that said, Pastor Brock, I want you to marry us. Well, I notice you don't go to church. Well, we will. Okay, let me just go through what it means to have a Christian marriage. Are you two living together? Well, yes. Well, you know, 1 Corinthians 6 says fornicators don't go to heaven. And, well, they were out out of the office. I did it lovingly. I did it kindly and humbly. But the reason Jesus gets right to this woman's sin is he knows it's killing her. Jesus isn't being mean. He's not being judgmental. He knows this promiscuity is killing this poor woman, so he's going to talk to her about it. I mean, I'll tell you something that I've been doing lately. When I get tempted to sin, I will even maybe say it out loud. At least I'll say it in my head. Remember, Tom, your sin is out to kill you. Jesus is out to give you life. Next time you're tempted, just say it out loud. Remember, my sin is out to kill me. Jesus is out to give me life. Look at verse 19. The woman said to Jesus, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped, our Samaritan fathers worship in this mountain, and you people, you Jews, say that Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said to her woman, Believe me, an hour is coming when neither in this mountain in Samaria or in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We, Jews, worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. It does come through... David and Jesus as the Messiah but an hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth for such the people the Father seeks to be his worshipers God is spirit those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth here's the next lesson Jesus wants real worship not religion this, Jesus starts talking to her about her sin. She quickly says, I'm not going to talk about, let's talk religion. Uh, what's the true religion, the Jewish religion or the Samaritan religion? Should we worship on this mountain or down in Jerusalem? And basically Jesus says, you know, neither the Jews nor the Samaritans worship the true God because they reject me. <laughs> and, and, and the point is, Jesus wants people to worship him, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and he's not into religion let me say this i'm a lutheran but can i tell you something if you're a lutheran don't be too lutheran you know that there are some lutheran groups that won't pray with you unless you're a lutheran i mean it's not enough you be a christian you have to be a lutheran christian or they won't pray with you where's that in the bible i can pray with any christian who prays to the father in the name of jesus So what Jesus wants from us is true worship and not religion. You remember this joke? A man dies, goes to the pearly gates, St. Peter says, let me take you on the tour. He takes this man over here and here's a bunch of people worshiping very reverently and well these are the Episcopalians. And over here is a group worshiping very loudly. Well, these are the Pentecostals. And he takes them over here. Here's this group. Well, finally at the end, he takes them up 20 flights of stairs to the far end of heaven. And he says, shh, these are the Baptists. They think they're the only ones here. (laughs) You know, be a Baptist, be a Lutheran, but listen. God doesn't care about some of these distinctions. The important thing is he wants worship in spirit and truth. You know, I do believe it will only be Christians who are in heaven, but there will be all kinds of Christians in heaven. Look at verse 28. So the woman left her water pot and went into the city and said to the men, Come, see a man who told me all the things that I have done. This is not the Christ, is it? And they all went out of the city and were coming to him. Here's the next lesson. Jesus uses women. This woman now goes and starts evangelizing her village. Now, let's talk about this. 1 Timothy chapter 2 says women should not preach over men. I was just in the lobby here of the TV studio, and here's a poster up of some woman senior pastor, and she preaches over men. Well, that's not biblical. <laughs> and I know in our day and age, even in evangelical churches now, women are preaching over men. Read 1 Timothy chapter 2. That's not right. So here's the deal, though. In this story, the woman is evangelizing the village, and it sure sounds like she's doing a good thing. And she is doing a good thing. So how do we put this together? Well, it's, I don't think it's hard. A woman should not be the preacher over a church of adult men. Women can teach women and children, but Paul says, 1 Timothy 2, the preacher over adult men in the church should be a man. But almost everything else a woman can do. So women, God wants you evangelizing your family, your children, your grandchildren, your village. Uh, In the New Testament, God uses women a lot. Look at verse 39. from that city many of the samaritans believed in jesus because of the word of the woman who testified he told me all the things that i have ever done here's the next lesson jesus uses messed up people this woman is promiscuity messed up but she comes to believe in christ and god used her in a big way I mean, if you think you're too big of a mess we had a woman on this program who was a prostitute for years she came to christ and found new life in Christ. She's now using her life to get other women out of, out of prostitution. So, you know, if you think you're too messed up, you're not. God uses messed up people. I'm a pastor. <laughs> there are days I think, I'm gonna preach to them, but God uses messed up people. I mean, I, I, I know a number of pastors. You know that every pastor is messed up, especially pastors can really have ego problems, but they gotta preach anyway. Somebody's gotta do it. God uses messed up people. Uh, Let me give you an example. John Wesley founded the Methodist Church in the 1700s in England. Thousands of people came to Christ through John Wesley. John Wesley had a miserable marriage. He would go on these long preaching trips, and it was okay that he went on these long preaching trips. Finally, his marriage got so awful that he and his wife stopped living together. But you can't deny that God used John Wesley My point is this, no matter what mess you may have in your life, if you're sorry and you're seeking Christ, God can use you in a mighty way. Last lesson is verse 42. And then they were saying to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we have believed, for we have heard ourselves and know that this one is indeed the Savior of the world. Here's the last lesson. You have to know Jesus for yourself. Okay, yeah, you told us about him, but now we've heard him ourselves. We believe in him ourselves. My hope is that you go to church. If you don't go to a church, find a good Bible-preaching church and go regularly. But if you do go to church... I hope it's not because grandma went to church and my parents went to church. And I, No, no, no. Go to church because you yourself need to know Jesus. Find a good church. Go regularly and, and, and do that. And the, the, just, the last thing I want to say from, from this story is this. If you're promiscuous, you're living in some kind of sexual sin, pornography, or you're living with your boyfriend or, or whatever, you really need to repent. I would encourage you, get on your knees tonight. Say a prayer and say, Lord, I confess I have been sinning. Forgive me. And then move out of the apartment with him or throw away the pornography or get some Christian to hold you accountable that you can counsel with once a week and get some help because Jesus wants to set you free from what's destroying you. Amen.
2: Welcome to the portion of the pastor study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of scripture and his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with him. Before we get going with this, can we go a little bit further about female ministers? Mm -hmm. Aren't there instances though where a female has come in to a church and been very successful ministering to Mm men? Areas. I, I think of an example in Wisconsin of two churches that had no minister, could not get a male minister, mm-hmm. and a female minister came in and they wouldn't have had a pastor. Yeah, yeah. Is that so wrong? So what do
1: you do? Is that wrong? I think it is wrong. The men need to step up. And if the women step in, the, the men will never step up. And a lot of the problem of m- women being pastors is because the men aren't stepping up. I think there's, there's real guilt there but Paul says what he says and I know it g- goes against the grain of our culture but but you know I would say overwhelmingly women pastors don't tend to build a church because you know let's I think Jackie women tend to be the most spiritual and we need a man up front that'll show the little boys this is not just for women we need male role models desperately in the church So. I but the main reason I'm against women preaching over men Paul says it's not the way God made us. Just it's it, it how does Paul put it 1 Timothy 2 I do not allow a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man for it was the man who was created first then the woman is the woman who was deceived Eve and not the man etc. So there's something about the way God made us that that he wants men to be taught by men. Yeah.
2: Okay, is there ever a time that we're not to inter act with a promiscuous person if we're a Christian?
1: Actually there is. If you read 1st Corinthians is it chapter 5? Paul talks about these people who are living in sin who say they're Christians and Paul says don't even eat with those people. Now Jesus ate with sinners and I think we as Christians should eat with sinners but if this person is in your church they say they're a Christian and they're living in sin and you confronted them and they still won't repent God says not even to eat with those people. That's kind of the history of excommunication. If somebody finally says, NURTS to God, I'm gonna keep coming to this church and saying I'm a Christian, but I'm gonna live in my sin. Finally, we say, you can't take communion. We can't even eat with you, Holy Communion.
2: Okay, is there anything in the Bible about shunning that person?
1: Well, you know, the uh, the Amish are known for shunning. And the the Jehovah's Witnesses are too, that if if somebody uh, leaves them, no, we won't even talk to you. And I talked to a woman, too, that left Amish for um, Mennonite. which They're kind of similar, but and her family won't talk to her. I mean, that kind of thing. So um, I think that's overdoing it. I think I can always talk to somebody. But, Jackie, I can't always take communion with someone. And I've, as a pastor, I've had to tell people who won't repent, sorry, you can't take communion here until you repent. I don't do that to be mean. I'm trying to wake them up, you know
2: well what do you say to the person who still does go to communion that you know is sinning
1: if they refuse to repent you know and and sadly the church is not good at this most churches let everybody take communion that wants to take communion that's wrong and and first of all jackie if you know about it don't come to me and say pastor go talk to her about her adultery you know about it you talk to her about adultery but what jesus says in matthew 18 all right, then if she won't listen to you, you take one or two others with you. And then if she doesn't listen to you, you tell it to the church. Then you bring it to, to me and the church council, and we confront her. And if she doesn't listen to the church, Jesus says, let her be to you as a Gentile and an outsider. And that's when you do the bye-bye. Yeah.
2: Okay, we talk, you talked about the woman at the well and that she was leading others to Christ. Mm-hmm. What do you say to a person to lead someone to Christ. Can we
1: go through the steps? Yeah, let's do this. If I'm on the plane, and I want to share the gospel with someone, there's a few different ways to do it. You can do the blunt approach. Say, "Do you know for sure you're going to heaven when you die? And that's one way to do it. God bless the people that do it that way. To me, that's a little blunt, but I will talk to them for a while and they'll maybe find out I'm a Christian or a pastor or something. I said, can I tell you what really changed my life? When I, was in, I think I was under the misimpression that you're saved by being good enough. And some woman took me aside in college and explained we're all sinners. It's only by Christ's death on the cross, and resurrection we're saved. That changed my life. I know I'm going to heaven now. My sins are forgiven because it all depends on Christ. That change, and that, it's, just telling your own story is, is one way of doing it. But you've got to get two things in there. 1 Corinthians 15, I, I, re, I give to you what I, was, I received, says Paul. Things of first importance that Christ died for our sins and rose from the dead. So if you're gonna to talk to somebody about how to become a Christian, how to be saved, go to heaven, et cetera, well, we're sinners, but Christ came to earth, lived a perfect life, died for our sins, then he rose from the dead, and the promise is that if you will believe in the Lord Jesus, you'll be saved. That's the gospel. You don't argue Adam and Eve and creation and Jonah, and you know, you, you go to the cross. That's what we talk to people about.
2: Okay, you talked about like Todd Friel on a previous program mm-hmm. and that, and his approach and that. I guess as a woman, though, what is my place in talking to someone?
1: Yeah. I think you do what this woman did in the story. You evangelize everybody. Uh, just don't get in the pulpit and preach over men.
2: <laughs> okay. You said that you have to know Jesus for yourself. How does a person come to that full realization that they truly know yeah. Jesus yeah. for themselves? Right. I mean, there's times when I even... I think. I epitomize what Christianity is and that I love the Lord and know everything, but I, I sometimes feel so worthless that mm-hmm. He'll even mm-hmm. keep me.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, I tell you, how do you know if you just know about Jesus versus knowing Jesus? Well, Jackie, I've never had Jesus come into my bedroom and talk to me, but so how do I know if I really know Him? And I would say a few things. Do you, do you have a prayer life? Do you ever talk to Jesus? If you never talk to him, do you know him? Secondly, do you let him talk to you? Do you read your Bible? Is it important to you that he talks back to you? Uh, That, to me, would be an indication whether you know Jesus. Do you love the church? Jesus loved the church and died for the church. And people who say they are Christians, but I don't need the church, that's not the attitude Jesus had toward the church. And And then a fourth thing, so do you pray? Do you read your Bible? Is church important to you? And then the fourth thing, though, Serve him. Are you doing anything to serve the Lord? And if a person isn't doing anything to serve the Lord, maybe they don't know the Lord. So that to me would be kind of a test. Okay,
2: now can we take the other point too about men? There are a lot of women out there that are raising male sons alone mm-hmm. with no father figure. Mm-hmm. Are you saying that they shouldn't be dealing as a mother with sharing?
1: No, I'm saying they should. And, and, you know, Paul says to Timothy, you know, you, you basically, you've known the scriptures in, from your mother, Lois, and your grandmother, Eunice. So women are to share the gospel with everyone. They're to raise their children, and, and, and I think women can teach women. But Paul says women should not teach men. And again, I think the reason being, we need male role models in the church. And there's something about the way God made us that men would men and women flourish under male preachers over the church not female preachers some of this is we're trusting god what he says whether we totally understand it or not
2: but if i had a husband who didn't share the love of christ with a son
1: i would be and you should yeah you should okay i i this is it's different in, to be a public teacher in a church you
2: know? okay pastor brock we, we've talked before in another program that we i have a question about are there some things in the Old Testament that Christians are no longer obligated to follow? Mm-hmm. Because you hear people arguing about the New Testament changed yeah. things.
1: Yeah, And Jackie, what we, we need to be careful on this one. The, we don't have to keep the ceremonial laws of the Old Testament. Some of that stuff was given just to the Jews to make them distinct from the nations. So they can't eat pork. They have to, uh, um, get circumcised and some of these things were just for men. jesus comes and dies on the cross and the whole book of hebrews is written to show christians do not need to keep the ceremonial laws of the jews the book of galatians was written to show christian men don't have to be circumcised to be saved so the ceremonial law we don't have to keep the moral law you know the ten commandments don't kill don't commit adultery that of course is is for new testament christians as well
2: Okay. Um. So should Christ, do Christians need to read the Old Testament, Indeed
1: though? they do. There was a, a heretic in the early centuries called Marcion who said, Christians don't need to, to read the Old Testament. This is a whole different God. No, he isn't. The God that prophesied Christ would come in the New Testament was the Old Testament God. There's one God of the Old and New Testament. And yes, Christ, you won't understand the New Testament if you don't know the Old Testament.
2: Okay. Pastor Brock, we've only got a minute left, and I know people are wondering what's happening with our ministry. Yeah. And we do have a website now that's very active. You can mm-hmm. tell people about it, and they can see our shows. You can watch previous shows that we've done. But where are we at, Good. and where are we going now?
1: Good. Well, everybody, if you go to pastorstudy.org, you can watch these TV shows. And if you have a friend that doesn't have cable or, or whatever, we are on nationally now on Direct TV and Dish Network. And we've always been on Minneapolis TV for 25 years. But um, we've only got the money to do this probably till the end of this year. And so we want to ask you to pray for this ministry that if it's the Lord's will, we can t- continue to be on nationally. It's a lot of money. So pray about it. If you would watch the End of the show, that'll give you our address or go to pastorstudy2s.org and you can help uh, through that way too. So just pray for us if you would, and, and that the Lord would do His will.
2: And we pray that God would be with you this week, granting you His richest blessings until we're
0: together again next time. Thank you for watching the Pastor Study.